Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Southern Songbird Farm podcast. I'm Howdy, Carrie Shepherson. And Doug, you could introduce yourself. Yeah. Hello, I'm Doug. Howdy, folks. <laughs> He's Doug Shepherson. He ste- <laughs> stepped on my introduction. Anyway, we're glad to be back. Um, I know everybody's been crazy with the holidays, and we were trying to get a little bit more organized going into um, this year because we want to do lots of different um, podcasts. And we uh, hopefully you're getting a better sound right now because we um, have gotten some new equipment. So hopefully you'll hear us a little better from now on. Doug, you want to give us our farm update? Well, sure, I can do the best. Um, currently, status of the farm is uh, well, we're. Uh, I mean, with the winter time and stuff like that, just preparation for um, some of the meat birds and stuff that we're uh, planning on uh, doing. Uh, it takes a while to prepare for it. Which farming you're constantly preparing for it. But anyway, other than that, uh, not a lot going on from the difference time because winter time is, you know, it's pretty much a downtime for everybody. But but uh, we certainly use that opportunity to get equipment ready and get shelters ready and get brooders ready and feed storage ready and get everything ready to go because we don't want to be doing that at the last minute whenever the chicks show up and it's like hey we're here one exciting thing um is that our ducks are starting to lay again very slowly we're getting like two a day most days so we should Mm -hmm. have those back available for you guys our customers before too long so that's great and those of you that follow us on social media, uh, you've seen the updates of the the new addition ducks to the farm. Oh yeah, yeah. our twelve new ducks. We've uh, we're there, we're out on pasture now, so they're getting introduced to the pasture and and uh, they're adapting very well. They're a little flighty, but uh, other oh. than that, we can't we don't understand that because we're with them twice a day and they you would think they a, a bear's gotten a, in a family. <laughs> wilder than cootie brown yeah. like you cannot get near them so, they run crazy yeah they are crazy but they they should uh best of our figures somewhere around last of april first of may should start laying so that'll be some good addition to the to the farm and yeah uh, we're excited toward the end of the season of course right around yeah. the time the ducks quit laying we had kind of an uptick in people wanting duck eggs, so we're excited to be able to bring more of those to people who um, buy from us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's about up for the farm update. So we'll go into what we're going to talk about today. So <clears throat> we have had several requests for this, namely from my father, Ben Bransom. Shout out. <laughs> um, but we have a special little person feller that lives on this farm and his name is Tom Bombadil and he is our rescue donkey and we are going to talk a little bit about Tom but before we start out we always do our lore section and so I thought I'd talk a little bit about the history of donkeys where they came from and how they got here to where we are today and just some fun stories and some little lore about them so donkeys are um there were some there, of course, donkeys are otherwise known as asses. So there was wild asses mm-hmm. that lived in Africa, and there were some that lived in Asia. But I think all the recent DNA tests say that our donkeys we have now, our domesticated donkeys, are all of the African descent. So that's primarily, I think they originated in like Somalia and Nubia. But they were really widely used in Egypt. So they were part of their 
harvesting and they're cultivating mm-hmm. and they're building of the great pyramids and stuff like that. So <clears throat> that's where they kind of came from. Um, there's kind of some fun lore that goes along with donkeys. So one of the things is, of course, they are mentioned very frequently in the Bible and in the Torah. Um, and if I had to guess, probably the Quran or some other Muslim um, holy book. But they are listed lots of times in the Old Testament and in the Torah as wild. They talk about the wild asses. I think there's a verse in Job that talks about who set the wild ass free or who has loosed the bends of the wild ass. <laughs> so they're, I mean, they've been around for a long, long time and have been very, very important to the earth and how humans have um, been able to do things. So that is how old they are. They are even, um, there's a Greek myth. Well, it's also a Roman myth as well. So in the Greek myth, it's Hestia, but in the Roman version, it's Vesta. And she was the goddess of fire and hearth. And so in her, in that, in this myth that involves the donkey, it was a donkey that brayed really loud and woke her up and kept her from being raped. So forever after that, her sacred animal was the donkey. So in Rome, they would have the festival of Vestalia, which was held on the seventh day of June each year. And they would have donkeys and they would have wreaths on them and the little donkeys would be all decorated and it was part of their um, celebration. So the other, uh, in Greek, um, they also had some of their deities were shown riding donkeys. So you've got Selenius, who's the god of dancing in the wine press, and... Hephaestus, who is the Olympic god of fire and metalworking. They are all shown on donkeys. Um, As we get a little bit closer, or if you want to talk more about biblical stuff with the donkey, one of the, probably the most, I don't know, I I knew it before we ever even thought about getting a donkey, but um, because when we, when you talk about uh, Christianity, the nativity and stuff like that, in the Christian tradition, it's held that so, you know, a lot of donkeys have like a cross of dark hair on, on their back. It runs down their back and across their shoulders. And typically Christians will either say that it, that, that, they, that came about after Christ's entry into Jerusalem for when he was, um, came and was hung on the cross and then the cross showed up. Or some people say it was just because he carried Mary to Bethlehem. So I've heard both of those versions. Doug, have you? Did you ever grow up hearing uh, any of those I've versions? I've heard both of them. Okay, so me yeah. too. But I did not know. I mean, that's as far as the story went for me. But there are some people who believe that the hair from the cross on their back will cure like all number of illnesses, and it's kind of like a good luck charm, and it'll cure your baby's teeving pain and all Never kinds heard of that. stuff. <laughs> and let me tell you. <laughs> I would probably not try to pull hair out of a donkey's back if no. you, you know, went into Or you'll be cured. Back. You try to pull it out. <laughs> <laughs> you sure will because you'll have another ailment to worry uh-huh. about. Um, and then the other one that is talking about the donkey's bray is there is a story that Joseph, um, when he decided to move everybody back to Nazareth, 
um, he was camping on the side of the road and soldiers were coming and looking for them because they were kind of like fleeing, you know. And so the donkey prayed that the God, God would let him make a really loud sound to be able to wake his family and alert him, alert them to the soldiers. And so he made that famous donkey bray and alerted the family. And so that's how the donkeys got their voice. So that's just some fun little stories about donkeys and um, kind of their history. They came over to the New World, I think, with Christopher Columbus. He brought some donkeys with him over here. And then probably the thing they're most famous for in the Americas was part of um, being used as pack animals in the gold rush. So that's like where mm-hmm. we think of like the little burrows and stuff like that being used as pack animals. Well, and they've also so sure-footed. Yeah, also really big on protection of flocks and stuff like that. If you raise them up with with livestock and stuff, they're good protection animals, and that's been used for many, many years. Absolutely. And they also, um, they have been in the World Wars. They were used as, you know, Mm -hmm. to cart things around. So there's donkey soldier heroes out there, Mm -hmm. too. So um, they're pretty cool animals, I think. Um, And I think a lot of the kind of myth that goes with donkeys is you know they're so stubborn and that's where we get stubborn ass from because that is what they're talking about or you're stubborn as a mule which i guess we should back up and say that yeah mules are totally different yeah so tell us what a mule is doug well usually uh to get a mule what you do is you cross a you cross a donkey with another type of horse and most in a lot of cases a lot of cases is they use the draft horses because they want the size so you get a draft in its demeanor and size, and then you get the knowledge of, you know, the donkey, which is still very sure-footed. A lot of people use them for hunting on, mm-hmm. use them back for hunting because of the they're sure-footed. Uh, but that's what a mule is. A mule is a cross between a donkey and a, and a horse of some type. Right. So they're all equines, <coughs> um, but donkeys are very different from horses, and I think people have mm-hmm. to remember that. Um Typically, you have a jack donkey, which is an intact male donkey, and you put him over a horse mare, and that's how they mm-hmm. get the mules. And typically, the mules are then sterile. Like, they don't... Yeah. You can't get another mule from a mule. You no. would get... You'd have to breed the horse and the donkey again. So, that's what a mule is. But now, donkeys now, our domesticated donkeys, come in all different sizes and shapes yeah. and types. So you have your mammoth jacks, which are huge. They are like the draft horses of donkeys. They're real big. And then that goes down all the way to the little miniature donkeys, which, as God is my witness, I will have a miniature donkey and put flowers on his head one day. It's going to happen. (laughs) And then you've got everything in between. There's some really cute ones. Um, I think they're French. Uh, I don't don't Um, know. They are adorable. They have really long hair. Um, they're super cute. I have to think of, let me think about what they're named. Um, but I do think that donkeys are very special. They are very, very different from a horse. And I'll talk a little bit about why. Um, for one thing, donkeys like to stop and they like to think. So people think that they're stubborn but really, they're not stubborn. They just have a different way of learning than a horse. So you can some, I mean, now I've been around a lot of horses that you can't make do anything, but you can sometimes train or force, even if you do it in a gentle way, a horse to do something. 
you're not going to be able to be successful with that when it comes to um, donkeys. And the reason it is is because they will stand there and they will take their time and they will figure it out for themselves. And that's what they want to do. So when we got uh, Tom, and we'll get into that story here in a second, we I wanted to read up about them. And that was one of the most fascinating things I read. So apparently donkeys in the wild, like wild burrows and wild donkeys, they will... So let me back up. If I want to move a horse out of my space, you can put pressure on him with your hand or your shoulder, or let's say I want to pick up his foot and he's kind of leaning on me. I can just kind of push my shoulder into him a little bit and nudge him over and they'll move out of your space. Well, apparently donkeys, the way they communicate in the wild is if I lean on you, I'm saying, hey, how's it going? And so you lean back on me like, well, hi, friend. Hello. And so, so you're going to so lose that battle. So if I want to move a donkey, I have to think of another way to move the donkey because pushing him out of my space like a horse is not going to work, which is another reason they get a bad rep for being stubborn. So um, I think that's the most important thing to remember. The other thing about donkeys, it's super, super smart. They are really smart animals. And I think that's why they pause and they like to think through things which goes back to that bad stubborn rep, but they're very smart and they have a very long memory. There have been studies where they've taken donkeys and they remember a certain geography 25 years after having been there. I mean, that's pretty impressive, which leads us to another point of donkeys can live like up to 50 years. They can live a little bit longer than horses. I'd say probably your typical age is more between 30 and 40 years, but they can live as long as 50, so that's a really long time. Um, what else about donkeys and horses that are a little bit different that people might find interesting? Well, um, one thing that comes to mind is hoof care. Um, it's, it's difficult from time to time to find um, farriers to work on donkeys, you know, because donkeys stand up, the hoof is standing up straighter yeah it's more instead of yes instead of laying back more so that's that's a difficult part uh that's one thing that comes to mind as far as and and like we've just said they're different to work with so you know where if i you know if i'm going to pick up a horse's foot and i just kind of gently put my shoulder into them and they they shift their weight off that foot and i pick it up the chances are donkey's going to lean back on you so that would be probably frustrating for most people to deal with but there are some great farriers out there who do um, deal with donkeys and that's wonderful that they do that because yeah. they're so they're such it's sweet and cool animals different. um i was trying to think if there's anything else that kind of makes a difference between horses and donkeys but i think those are the main ones they they do claim that donkeys are healthier than horses i think there's probably a little something to that they seem just from what i've read to be a little less prone to um some of the more common diseases that you see in horses mm-hmm. maybe a little more hardy as far as that kind of thing goes but one thing that they are really really bad about is they will pack on the pounds and founder unless themselves. you're tom well we'll talk about tom in a minute <laughs> but <laughs> but most people it is very very easy for your donkey to get obese and you have a lot of people will keep them on dry lots for that reason because if you gave a little miniature donkey just all of its all the fresh lush grass it could eat it can get really obese really quickly so 
Um, and it probably comes for because they're desert animals, so they're really meant to be kind of easy keepers and mm-hmm. not need a lot of that kind of stuff. So if you overfeed them or that kind of thing, they can have some health problems from that. That's probably the big thing about them. Um, I also read when we started reading about donkeys um, in preparation for Tom that they um, kind of they don't they're not real big on being wet. They don't so much mind the cold, but they don't like the wet. Um, so if you have a donkey that you've um, received or bought or something and they're used to having like a run-in shed or yeah. somewhere to get in out of the rain, that's probably good that you keep doing that because they don't like that. Um, except for Tom. Except <laughs> we'll, talk, for Tom. we'll talk about that in just a second. So, um, And you're all not going to hear a whole, whole lot from me about, well, about the facts and stuff because I'm, I'm just not a big horse person, never grew up around them, so I don't know all the ins and outs about horses or donkeys, but... Yeah. The big thing with donkeys was you buy one, put it on the field, and it protects your flock. And right. That was kind of your experience with him. Makes everybody say, oh, is that a donkey? <laughs> yeah. So, so um, I guess we'll get into the, stor- the story of Tom Bombadil. So, um, and we'll tell you how he got his name. So um, I probably will not do too much detail about this story because I have no idea what happened with the case or if any of that is privileged information or whatever. So we'll just touch on the basics. But the I had probably only worked at my new job for about four weeks uh, when I got a text message at about 9 o'clock on a Saturday night, and it was my new boss, and she said, it just said, do you want a donkey? And I looked at Doug, and he looked at me, and I said, uh, I didn't know how to reply to that. I said, oh, gosh, what happened? That's all I could think. Um, so what we found out was, because my, my boss at the time, her daughter runs the local animal shelter. And so they, um, deal with these kind of cases, anything you'd call animal control out for, she does, and she does an amazing job. So they found this donkey. It was an adult donkey. It was a Jack, a donkey Jack, which means he, um, was an intact male and they found him running down the middle of this rural road here in Clark County, just loose. And some good Samaritan lured him with a bucket of grain into their barn and got him closed up until they could figure out the story. So long story short, and this is where I won't share a whole lot of detail, but he had been on a farm here in the county. It had not had anybody living on it for probably six years, I think. And for the last and it had some, somebody had been keeping cattle on the property, but even the cattle, I think, had been moved off like 18 months prior to this. Is that correct, Doug? Does that sound yeah, like I don't, story? Yeah, I know there was some activity there, but, I, you know, like I said, the details of this story, we only got a tenth of a percent of what it was. Right. All we knew is we had a donkey that needed a home. and That's right. And so the only reason he even got out is because the utility company went to work on some high lines in the area and had no idea there were any animals or any people or anything on this property and left the gate open. And I guess Tom just thought, <laughs> this is my chance. And so we, he gone. he's gone. So um, I have no idea what that property was like. I'm assuming there was a water source, like a creek or a pond, because clearly he had water to drink. Um, sure, there was plenty of pasture. Yeah. I guess there were probably some trees that he could shelter in or some tree lines that he mm-hmm. could get out of the wind and the rain. But he was alone, and he was just living by himself out in the wilderness without anybody to love him 
or any friends because the cattle had already been moved off the property long before. So um, Doug was not all about a donkey until he heard the story. And Doug likes to pretend like he's tough when it comes to animals, but really deep down, he's a big softy. And yeah, depends the situation. That's right. But you just thought, oh, this donkey, that's a terrible. He needs somebody to, to love him. He needs a home. So you relented, didn't you, Doug? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's okay. I mean, you know, it's not like I'm bringing in 30. You know, it was one. <laughs> it was one donkey. It was one donkey. He needed a home. And, uh, but one thing I did, one thing I did tell Carrie, though, was I said, okay, they're taking it. And uh, they're going to take it to a vet and get its age and and that kind of stuff because you know you, if if it'd been a forty some year old donkey with you know hooves rotten off health issues and stuff you like you know that. there's nothing nobody could have done right but they ended up what he was teens right was so they um, park equine here locally they volunteer their time and their resources to the animal shelter here which is a which is great. And like I said, the lady that runs it is fabulous, and she really does everything she can when she takes in animals like this. So um, they called a vet out. They um, put him to sleep. They went ahead and gelded him, so they took away his ability to breed, which is actually, that's another fact we should have mentioned. So um, some people like to keep jacks with their animals because of them being so protective, but a lot of people think that they are a little too aggressive mm-hmm. and it's much safer to have a gelded donkey. And I definitely am glad they did that. Cause I'm not sure if I would have taken him if he was intact, just based on that. Yeah. Um, so they gelded him, they trimmed his hooves, which were kind of overgrown, but not terrible. And they gave him all of his horsey shots and wormed him. So, um, and then they determined that he was probably in his teens. I don't know if that's mid-teens or late teens. or yeah. I would say probably with him, probably late teens. Um, mm-hmm. But he came home to our farm. So we put him, uh, we let him out in the field. We yeah. had the three um, heifers at the time, Chloe, Sona, and Bonnie. Oh, we had the rental bull at the time. Oh, we did. And we had our sweet uh, Thomas Jefferson, yeah. our, our bull that we were using at the time and um the culture shock <laughs> they the yeah tom didn't have a culture shock because as you remember they have incredible memories and he had lived with cattle before yeah. so he just kind of looked at them like okay and they looked at him like what kind of cow are yeah. you i don't know what you are yeah. so we let them meet through the fence they were absolutely fine and so we let them out together and they have been absolutely fine ever since um Oh, and we had Simba, the steer, yeah. that we were going to show that didn't work out. But um, that ended up being a boon because um, when we went to move to this farm... So, let me back up. So, Tom Bombadil got his name because I am a giant nerd and I love Tolkien's Lord of the Rings trilogy. And in that book, The Fellowship of the Ring, we meet Tom Bombadil, who is a guy who lives out in the wilderness with his lady Goldberry and, but he's very wise and knowledgeable about nature and he's lived out in nature all by himself, basically kind of a loner. He's not really part of the whole middle earth gang. So I thought that would be a fitting name for Tom because he lived out in the wilderness by himself for so long. So that's how he got his name. And I was desperate 
for him to love me. I was like, I will win your love, Tom. Mm -hmm. So he would take treats from my hand, but when I would try to touch him, he was like, oh, nope, nope, shy away. So we were pretty convinced, like, it's just time. Time will fix this. And unfortunately, it has has not. Um, He is, I would say... I don't want to call him feral. He's really not. He's very friendly and very inquisitive. Donkeys are very inquisitive. If you're in the yeah. field, they want to be right up there next to you seeing what you're doing. And he he has those traits, absolutely does. Yeah. Um, but he does not want to be touched, period. So the first time we had his feet done, we had a farrier come up, and they did give him some sedation, and it was horrible. I, I mean, they did a fabulous job. I just yeah. meant... It was horrible for me and Doug to watch him be so terrified. And it was very difficult to get him into our stall. And we had, bless his little heart, his little older teen heart. He was acting like he was going to try to jump out of the stall because he was so terrified. So we had to put these boards up to keep him from jumping out. And it was just, I felt like it was just very, very stressful on him. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that he's ever going to be, he will never be a donkey that we can just go up and put a halter pet. on and pet. No, I doubt. And you know what? That is That's totally okay. okay. Because he is a sweetheart. He loves alfalfa cubes better than anything. Mm-hmm. He will try to reach in your pocket for one. And you can kind of scratch his chin a little bit <laughs> while, yeah. while he's eating one from you. But he just doesn't want to be touched. And so we have come to the conclusion that, you know what? That is okay. Yeah, it's fine. So, Doug, you can talk a little bit more about what his personality is like now. Well, I don't know. Tom is, um, well, first of all, when we got ready to move from from our last place over here, we was like, oh, gosh, how are we going to get this donkey? So he had buddied up with a steer that we had at the place was going to show, the Simba she talked about. And they were literally the best buds because you got the women cows. They're over jacking around. (laughs) Women cows. You know, you got the cows over there because they're worried about what's going on with the bull, and the bull's worried about them. Well, then you got Simba and Tom over here, and they become a good buddy. So when we got ready to move, uh, because Simba was a uh, going to be a show cow, I had him halter trained. So I walked him, walked him up on the trailer, and then um, I said, "Well, let's go see what we can do with this other." And here come Tom. Bounced right up on that trailer with his buddy. He sure did. He just locked the door. <laughs> I got behind him because I thought, maybe I can kind of shoe him up yeah. there. But sure enough, Doug he led just... Simba up there on the trailer. And he looked at me, and he looked at Simba, and he went over, and he sniffed, sniffed the edge of the trailer and walked right up there and stood by Simba like, I ain't getting left on a yeah. farm again. I'm going with you. <laughs> we're going with you. We're so. going with you. So um, he was precious. So we were we were like, yeah. whew, that was a sigh of relief because he just got right up there, and we brought him right over here. And he is this this is like wonderland for him he's got i mean we've got a creek and we've got the just acres of grass and plenty of cover and he gets hay and yeah now he he would love to stand in a barn um if given access to one or we do have a like a movable shade shelter that if we're not in a very treed area of our farm we give the cows um but where he lived outside for i mean i guess his whole life you know by himself he really is very, very tolerant of the weather. Very content. And, um, and very, he don't want to be away content. from his people. And he likes to be with his people. He He's likes like, to be with his people. I don't want to be alone again. I like these people. So um, 
it's funny to watch him with the dynamics of the different cows because there's mm-hmm. some that'll yeah. him and, and it's something with the bulls because <laughs> he we are little bull Socrates I have got the funniest pictures and I'll make sure to post them on social media when we post this podcast but they will stand there and lick on each other well he's licking he's I mean that little bull's licking Tom in the ear Oh, he yeah, the bull grooms him. Yeah. He grooms the bull. It's hilarious. So it's hilarious, so, but anyway. Uh, the ladies are not very tolerant of him because it's mostly they're fighting over food. Yeah. So Tom will lay those ears back because he mm-hmm. wants that spot of hay, and then the girls will kick at him, and then he'll kick back, and uh, they have their little tiffs. <laughs> their little tiffs. click and their tiffs, yeah. but the bull and him get along very well. So our biggest challenge with him now is um, his feet are overgrown and need to be cut again, and so... I've talked to some people um, who are with Park and some friends of ours that have donkeys that have this issue, and they told me that probably the best um, situation at this point would be for us to make the farrier appointment and then call the equine vet, have them send somebody out, and they will actually, like, dart him to sedate him instead of having to catch him and give him a a, uh, sedation. They just dart him from afar let him go to sleep. They'll do their thing. He'll wake up like a new man. And I think that'll be far, far less stressful on him than attempting to try to make him a kept donkey. <laughs> so yeah. that's our plan. And uh, we just, he's hes just a funny guy. I uh, i love to hear him hee-haw because he kind of, he's a, you know, a lot of people don't want a donkey because some of them are very, very vocal. But Tom is really not, so it's always a treat mm. when he does his hee haul because he's and it's a different one funny. too. Yeah, Doug's gonna do a hee haul. Oh, I am. You are. You're gonna do his <laughs> hee haul. You might back up from your mic just know. a little I don't bit. Know. I, it's just I, I don't know if I can do it. It's it's kind of a weird. Kind of winds it up. Yeah, he has to wind it up. You know, it's like a typical donkey does the, you know, and but Tom is totally different. He has to. I don't hear he's he's like a and he does that <laughs> so it's it's very it's very he does he winds it up it's, it's an odd one but anyway to talk about personality of tom uh, one thing that sticks out to me and uh, it was i don't know I, i'm kind of like okay do we need to get him away, or do we need to let him just see what's going on? But uh, talking about this don- Tom and, and his herd back here, when our girls had their first babies, oh yeah, they had their first calves. You know, they're they're nervous anyway because this is their first time having a calf. But for all three of our uh, cows having their first calf. As soon as that calf started coming out and hit the ground, Tom was there. Tom went down to those cows, and he sniffed, and he sniffed for probably, what, five or six minutes? Oh, easily. Turned, and then walked away. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what he was doing, just trying to figure it out himself or getting a smell of, of what. But it, that's that one moment where, you know, you could kind of tell that he well, was just, this is my herd, and i got to take care of yeah. them, and this is my the very first one, so, so I gave birth first, and we both kind of were like, oh, gosh, do we need to get him away? Is he going to try yeah. to attack it? Or, But he didn't. He just kind of smelled it and, like, greeted it. And it was funny because all three of them, 
they were they're kind of vocal when they're in labor yeah. as most women not having a mm-hmm. not having an epidural would be even if you're a cow um so the more they bellowed then he would hee-haw and it yeah. was it was kind of comical. it was kind of it was kind of hilarious it, and then when the but, calves were born he would when he sniffed them he he hauled again and it was kind of like he was greeting them and accepting them as one of his own so. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, and talk about aggressive, and when Tom came here, one thing that we were, was not concerned about, but we was worried about, not, well, I don't know if they worry, but it was just one thing that him coming from somewhere else, when he got to the herd, how was he going to accept them? And if he accepted them, how was he going to react? So, it was forever. I mean, it was like nothing this donkey would just walk around and and do nothing so i was like carrie this donkey is as but a protective as nothing <laughs> he's like he ain't gonna protect anything so he, he is a useless he's just eating grass and we give him a home and good so one night i come home from work and i heard this weird sound in the back pasture and i said carrie i gotta run back here and see what's going on so um when I went down, I drove my truck down and crossed the creek. And when I went up the hill, then I seen Tom. Well, Tom did not like the headlights in my truck in that field. So then he started to round it up. He he, he got the hee-haw going. And come find out it was a cow. It was the next farm over that was making this weird, obnoxious sound. I mean, you thought he had his, it was something going on. But anyway, so at that moment I told Carrie, I said, well, I think Tom might be protective. I think he might be um you know accepting them and then going on but then there was another time that uh uh what were we doing down i think we were putting up some temporary fencing or something and there was just a stick on the ground and i picked up this stick oh yeah yeah and i i was literally just walking to throw it up into on the the something with a tractor or something and here come tom running down the pasture trotting oh, oh yes and t- let me tell you donkeys they don't run uh-uh. very they like to just kind of meander yeah. and saunter but he was motivating and it always cracks me up when the cows get frisky yeah. and start getting the zoomies like dogs and running they um tom he feels obligated to run too but he's kind of just more like in a brisk trot yeah he, he <laughs> trots very he's rapidly like, uh, no i don't i'm not gonna run but i don't want to be left behind so i guess i'll trot yeah. along behind you but, but yeah. he's been a real treat. He, yeah, he really Doug picked, has. But the story, finish your story. Doug picked yeah. up that stick, and I don't know if he thought that was going to harm was somebody or hurt something. one of the cows or hurt me or if he just I don't know. But he uh, he did. He came running yeah. and he had those ears laid back and he let out a hee haw, and then Doug put the stick down and he we all talked to him. We're like, it's okay, Tom. It's okay. And we gave him some treats and he settled right down. I mean, he was not yeah. going to do anything to us, but. Um, the other thing I I will say, um, he scared me. The only time he ever scared me uh, was I was in the stall, and Bonnie was behind me, and she was being a complete jerk. And Tom lunged for her with those ears laid back and teeth, but I thought he was coming at me, and I moved, and he was actually going for Bonnie because mm-hmm. Bonnie was being completely idiotic. So that scared me for a second because I thought he was coming at me. Was that the other place? Right, but he was really coming at her. So, um, you know, and that's just animals. They all have their pecking order. Um, Chickens, horses, it doesn't matter. When you get a group of something in a field, they all Mm -hmm. have to stake their claim and figure out who the boss is. And so 
Um, but that's why you have to be so careful around animals because um, you don't want to get between them and when those kind of things are going yeah. on. And you just have to be aware of the situation. So um, the sad part of Tom's story, which I will which I will say is I have no, we had no um, evidence of this and I don't think anything came out in the investigation about it, but the farrier that we had come to do his feet um, when we had him kind of pinned in the stall so that we could sedate him, we were using a gate just to restrain him kind of against the wall and keep him still so we could do his um, sedation. And while we were waiting for it to kick in, we were sweet, you know, talking to him real nice. It's okay, Tom, it's okay. And, we were rubbing his sides, and he was quivering a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, you could tell he doesn't didn't like that. He was very nervous. But when she went up to touch his head, because she was helping us get his new halter on, he literally, the head came up, the whites of his eyes were showing, and his body just started absolutely shaking. Yeah. And she looked right at me. She said, somebody has beaten this dog donkey in the head before. And my heart just broke into a million pieces because it just, I I have very little use for people that abuse animals. And to think about this wise, sweet creature who you're not doing any, he's living in a field with the cows to be abusive with him or what I just I just have no use for that it's just it broke my heart so I think that has a lot to do with why he is the way he is today I'd say to be honest that we are very lucky that he likes us as much as he does Mm -hmm. and he will take treats from our hand and he does want to see what we're doing and he likes to be with us when we're in the field and you know if we ever do anything different or out of the ordinary like put you know put a hay ring together or do anything yeah. like that. He is right up there supervising. He's always nosy. He's always nosy and he likes to be with us, but he's just, um, I think he's, I think he was an abused animal and I think that, um, that is okay. That is okay. He is who he is and yes. we don't expect any more out of him than that other than he's a great companion for our cows. I think he protects them and he just has a good home now and he, uh, we enjoy yeah. him. He's really fun. So, um, We'll maybe we'll kind of give an update later on about how the the sedation and everything goes, and mm-hmm. in case somebody else runs into that issue with a with a donkey they get that's a little bit wilder or not used to people, and and see how that goes. So, but that's the story of Tom Bombadil, and we thought everybody would like to hear it. And I've got some cute pictures I'll put on social media and on the podcast post on our website of um, him eating treats from Doug and what he and looks like is, and stuff. Yeah, and Tom is not a uh, miniature. Tom is a full size. Yeah, donkey. he's a standard donkey. He's so. a standard full size donkey, and uh, the freaky thing about it is, especially this time of year, is his coat. If he gets to where he's standing, looking right at you, if he's in the back pasture, you can't even hardly tell he's there. No, I mean, he's like camouflage. He is camouflaged. <laughs> you cannot see until he turns his face and you see his yeah. eyes. So yeah. He's, he's very, he's very, very camoed against the kind of, he's because he's lighter colored, so yeah. he's really camoed against the dead grass for sure. And he don't like sudden changes. That's one thing I've noticed about him is sudden changes. Like today, for some reason, I don't, I went down to feed him today, and there was a particular way that I drove the tractor to him or I shut the gate different or something, but he did not like what I'd done today. No, you, you had or him I, upset. Or I went a different way or something, but... He let off one of them big hee haws, and I'm like, okay, here we go. He did. You, you, or he was just excited. They all get yeah. excited for new hay. So, um, yeah. 
All right. So that's the story of Tom, Tom Bombadil. So be watching for the pictures. Oh, go yeah, ahead, Dad. And one other thing I, I do want to say is um, I'm thankful that we have people that are willing to take in animals that don't have homes. But always make sure that you get as much information as you can. Um, even with, with Tom, whenever we got Tom, I told Carrie, I said, we just have to be careful because we just don't know what his status is. Um, we, we absolutely don't know his aggression. We don't know anything about him. So, you know, we had to learn Tom as much as he had to learn us absolutely. because the trust you know, goes both ways you don't you don't step behind a, a donkey who's been out six years because he just might throw you five years back with that's that foot exactly right so and that's with anything it, that is with any animal and that's one of the best i think the best parts about him is given his history and a pretty good indication that he's been abused never one time mm. ever has he offered to bite at us or kick nope. or anything he is such a gentleman, He's and we are sweet we are very happy to have him. But you, Doug, you jumped ahead of me. You didn't even know it because that was going to be my tip of the week. Was oh, that? Yeah, oh, there you go. No, that was great. So I think anytime you are going to have a new animal or a new endeavor, you just have to research it a lot. Um, yeah, especially with animals because you want to make sure that you are taking the best care of him you can and we've learned we've learned from him like i mean he yeah. like we said we'll fully admit he is well overdue for his hoof trim excuse me but we're just trying to trying to figure out the best and less stressful way for him to do that and you know he lived for six years basically on an abandoned property and was fine with his hooves so um yeah they get a little bit overgrown but the other great thing about tom i think where he has lived basically off the land for so long mm-hmm. is that he is I said earlier that donkeys are very easy. You know, I was a little nervous about putting him just out on lush grass because I didn't know what the farm condition was, where he came from. And his body condition is great. He never looks too skinny. He never looks too fat. He just takes in what he needs, and that's that. So, Well, and the other thing, other part of that is, too, is the type of – see, we have a lot of – we have a lot of good grasses. We have the fescues. We have the – um legumes clover yeah we we have a lot of mixture but we don't we're not over like we don't have too many alfalfas we don't have too many clovers we don't so you horse people will know what that's like when it's clover season and all your horses are drooling green and they're crazy from all the sugar (laughs) we don't have that problem yeah by the time the donkey gets there all the good stuff's gone because the cows didn't come through and clipped it off so yeah if that's that's one point um that's kind of great is that he does he um does do really well with our with our cows um they use the same uh, mineral there are some, you need to be very careful though that anything if you're going to have a donkey and a mixed flock you need to make sure that you don't ever put anything out that is not good for equine so if you have use yeah. a mineral or a block or something and it is not okay for horses it is not okay for your donkey because they are an equine so make sure you're very careful about that um but we're careful about that and so he does great with our with our uh, cow or with our cows and the good thing is, is that he does eat a little bit different than them. Cows like they like longer grass because they wrap their tongue around it to to pop it off and mm-hmm. eat it. And donkeys and horses will come by with their little lips, and their little lips are very um, dexterous, and they will touch things with their lips, and then they'll clip it off with their teeth. So 
it's kind of nice because he eats a little bit differently than them. So they move mm. through an area and then he'll come through and he'll eat totally different things than them. So yeah. that's been kind of nice too. So, but we've run a little long, so we're going to wrap it up. Um, as always, we are so glad you listened. Mm. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram for funny pictures of Tom and the cows and everything else we've got on going on here. Uh, we also have some plans coming up for some new YouTube videos. Um, we have a camera that I think will be better for that, so stay tuned for that. Um, otherwise, please subscribe to us on YouTube and subscribe to us on whatever podcast platform you listen to, Apple iTunes, or I guess it's Apple Podcasts now. And uh, I like Himalaya. It's a free app, so we're there if you need us, and we look forward to hearing from you. Drop us a comment or send us an email. Thanks. All right. See y'all.